Welcome to the Confident Close Her podcast, the podcast where we help established online coaches, consultants, and sellers master human behavior sales techniques, break free from the dated, ineffective, and just plain wrong sales strategies, create radical revenue leaps, and break through to multi six and seven figures. I'm your host, Ann Keeney, and my mission is to teach online high performing female coaches and sellers how to win at the game of sales using selling techniques that work with human behavior. Because we know that a business that doesn't make plenty of money is a die in business. So take off those boxing gloves, stop fighting for your sales, because in 30 minutes or less, I'll show you how to pour rocket fuel onto your strategies, pull in way more profit, and close up to 90% of your sales, authentically, humanely, and consistently. Let's get down to business. All right, everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. Um, What I'm going to do today, I actually wanted to come in here and share um, a few things. I want to actually share 11 uh, mistakes that I see entrepreneurs uh, in the service space mostly. So like the coaching, consultant, in the coaching and consultant space mostly, um, there's there's 11 uh, mistakes. <laughs> there's actually probably a few more um, that I can think of that I see typically, but these are like the top 11 mistakes um, that I see you know, coaches and consultants doing in their programs that are lowering retention rate, ascension, um, renewals, client success, client experience, client show up, um, you know, and also that are causing the coach or the consultant to have to work 50 times harder um, than they, they really need to in their programs. And so, I wanted to walk through a little rapid fire here with you guys. 11 of the top mistakes. These are mistakes I've made in the past um, in my group coaching programs. Um, but these are mistakes that I see my clients doing and making, my just people in my network and my audience. But also um, in the multi-million dollar coaching companies that hire me on a consultant basis to come in and uh, train their sellers um, and look at their programs, how they're structured and how they can help clients have better success, which then trickles down into, you know, the seller's performance, right? So one of the big things that um, seven and eight figure coaches will come to me uh, for is mainly how can we improve, you know, seller performance, our sales team, our sellers um, you know, their performance is not where we want it to be. And that's a whole nother conversation. But one of the areas when I'm consulting and working with the sellers uh, inside these companies, one of the things that they say is really, um, you know, impacting and affecting their sales performance is that they are signing people and selling people into these programs And then those people going into the programs are not having a good experience and, um, or there's some kind of issue. And then they come back to the seller who sold them into that program and they complain and, you know, uh, almost like blame the seller. And so the sellers are, you know, struggling in the sense of like feeling like, you know, it's, they're selling from a place of integrity, 
and you know they don't feel comfortable selling the programs because the clients are not that they're selling into them are not having a great experience on the other side. And so when we're having these conversations a lot, and you'd be surprised how many multi-million dollar coaching companies are having this issue. And when we come in and work with the sellers, obviously we bring back all of our feedback, thoughts, suggestions to the the you know the CEO or you know, uh, whoever we're working with at higher management. And sometimes it's a business owner as well, but we'll bring these things back. And I would say eight out of 10 times, um, sellers under performance, one of the things that's in there eight out of 10 times is the, the clients that they're selling or the people they're selling into these programs are not, they're like coming back, basically complaining. And so, um, when that happens, then the, the, the business owner wants us to come in and, and figure out what's going on with their programs and how they can, you know, eliminate these types of things and improve the design and delivery of their program so that clients coming into it have a much better experience and the sellers who are selling them can confidently do so knowing that they're going to, the clients are going to get what they're supposed to on the other side. So these are not just mistakes I'm like making up. These are things that not only are happening in the vast majority of coaches and consultant programs today um, online, but also even inside seven, multiple seven figure coaching companies. Um, So grab a pen, um, grab paper. This is a noteworthy uh, conversation today. It's definitely noteworthy. You're going to want to take notes, write these down. And then you're really going to want to go look if you're running a a group coaching program already. um, You're going to want to go take a look if you have any of these, if you're making any of these mistakes. Um, If you're thinking about running a group coaching program, well, then this is going to be very timely for you as well, because you're going to want to avoid these mistakes. Um, And if you are running a group coaching program, and you notice that you have some or maybe all of these, um, it's critical that you fix them now before they become uh, massive, massive, explosive issues inside of your program, and they will. Okay, so The first mistake is thinking that the more you provide, the more valuable your clients will think your program is. I hear this all the time that, well, I'm going to run this long-term program. It's going to be high end. And so people are paying more money. And so I need to add more. I need to provide more to the clients. And the truth of the matter is this is what we call overcompensating. (laughs) You're overcompensating because you, you, not necessarily your clients, but you associate the value of the work that you do based on how much you're given. And that's totally, in my opinion, ass backwards, right? Um, This is where we see a lot of companies overcompensating. And in fact, what it does is it equals overwhelm for your clients, right? It leaves your clients feeling like you're giving all this stuff, you're providing all these things, right? Maybe you're providing tons of trainings or tons of bonuses or tons of calls and access. And you think in your mind, this is so valuable. This makes it so valuable. And so you are associating the value of your program based on how much you provide and give and create for your clients, but your clients are overwhelmed 
And the only thing that they really care about are the results, right? And so when you overcompensate and you overgive and give and give, uh, what happens is it overwhelms your clients, but it leaves them feeling like they're paying for things that they're either not using or they don't have time to go through, right? So maybe you offer multiple sessions a week, like three or four, maybe one every day inside of your program uh, around different topics or different things. There's going to be a vast majority of your clients that cannot attend all those calls. So now they're going to feel like they're missing out. They are falling behind. They're paying for things they can't use. They're missing, you know, elements and parts of the program um, that they might be paying for. And if you're providing a lot of like curriculum and trainings and bonuses and materials, same kind of thing. Your clients are going to feel like they don't have time in a day to get through all the stuff. And then they feel like they're paying for things that they don't really, they're not able to use. So they're not getting the value of it. And they're going to, they're going to feel overwhelmed. They're going to pull back. Um, you know, some might even say, I, I don't think I need all this, or I, I don't see the point in paying for all this stuff that I can't participate in. And so this is the first mistake that we see um, a, a very large percentage of, of coaches and consultants making inside of, of high-end group programs. Um, and I'm not talking about courses. I'm talking about programs, group programs. Um, you know, they're usually six or 12 months. They're usually open rolling. They're, you know, 5,000 to like more, 5,000 or more. Um, there's, you know, multiple, multiple clients in there. You might have 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, however many. Um, that's the types of things we're talking about here. And so this, this is the first mistake, okay? The second mistake that we see is discounting your services or over, overcompensating with gifts in order to get your clients to renew with you. So maybe you have clients in your program and you feel like you're, you know, I want them to renew. I want them to stay on and resign with me. So I'm going to give them discounts. I'm going to like, I'm going to give them some gifts. I'm really going to create some kind of urgency for them to want to renew with me. Um, but at the end of the day, your clients really want two things. They want to have an exceptional experience and they want a result, right? This is always, ex exceptional experiences and results are always gonna trump gifts and discounts. Like your highest end clients could care less about your gifts or your discounts. Not saying they don't appreciate them, but they don't need them in order to renew with you if their experience and their results are what they want and what they expected. So we always in our programs like to surprise and delight our clients as well, right? We will toss little things in there from time to time that are not like part of the program or it's not in the contract or it's not something they expected because it wasn't part of it. And we only do that when we feel it is of the most benefit to the client or the majority of the clients in the program and it's going to help their experience and their results. We don't do that for the sake of getting people to stay in the program, to renew in the program. Um, it's almost like um, manipulation. And there's a fine line here, okay? There's a fine line in 
um, you know, overcompensating with gifts and discounts and like almost trying to get them to feel like, wow, it would be so dumb if I didn't renew, like even though I was thinking I wasn't going to or I don't really want to, she's taken like, she's, you know, discounting the program more than half off for me. That's crazy. Of course I'm going to do that. Or holy cow, she's giving me all these like extra gifts and things. It's almost like bribery. So we want to be very careful. Your clients are going to renew with you and they're going to um, stay with you as long as it makes sense for them. Meaning that they're having a great experience, they're getting good results, and you're being innovative in your program, right? So if, if those are the things that are happening, then you don't need to overcompensate with gifts or bribery or, you know, discounting your services. Now, I will, there's a caveat to this, I will say that when my clients join either one of my high-end group programs, um, well, I have a, a group, you know, we have our mastermind, which is is a group coaching program, and then we have um, Pete Sales Performance Academy, which is a sales training program. Um, and in both of those programs, you know, when clients join these programs, they are locked in at the rate they joined. As long as there are rules around that, as long as they renew, like for as long as they're in the program, their payments are up to date. Um, it, we, we both still feel like it makes sense for them to be there. Um, you know, they're using the program, like all those things. Um, and they want to renew and we want them to renew and stay, then they're locked in. If they leave the program and then want to come back, they pay the full price or current asking price. If they default on payments, which we do not have that issue, but if they did, um, that would be another thing that they'd have to get caught up within a certain time of their payments or they'd be removed from the program, which would mean if they ever wanted to come back, they would need to pay the asking or going rate. And typically if, clients default on any sort of payments, they're sort of exiled from our entire community. We don't typically stay connected and like bring them back in our programs. If they do that, it's, it's against our legal contracts. So, um, so again, that I think is just really critical that you have some boundaries around that. Um, you don't have to grandfather anybody in, but I definitely think there's a fine line and like bribing people to get them to renew and stay with you versus just focusing on providing the experience and the results that they're looking for. And then obviously they need to know that your program is, is a renewable program that they can stay in for an incubated time. Um, the, the third mistake that we see is teaching versus leading. And really what I see happen here is we overcomplicate the curriculum and I always look at like, are we teaching or are we leading? Like, are we teaching them things that um, we have had experience with and that we've learned over time and we're just teaching a bunch of stuff? Or are we leading with our expertise? So those are two totally different things, right? Your experience and all the things you've learned over your lifespan and teaching all of that to your clients because you feel like they they need to know everything I know and there's so many things I can help them with. I'm just going to help them with all of it and somebody might need this and God forbid I leave it out and you over teach versus leading your clients through your actual expertise, which means really cutting the fat, trimming the fat 
Um, you know, we always say cut the fluff, trim the fat, like you don't need to give more to your clients than they actually need to get the results. And again, this is where we overcomplicate and we overwhelm the clients because the majority of your clients are never going to go through your complicated or sloppy curriculum anyway, right? Like, I mean, if we look at the statistics, I don't even know what the number is today, but there's such a small percentage of people that not just in programs, but like courses, programs, self-studies, all of it very rarely do they go through the whole curriculum. And that's why so many people get no results with their investments because they don't use the program. Um, They just show up and then they keep doing the same things they were doing before they came. And then they get on the calls and they're like, yeah, I'm not having progress. And so your curriculum needs to be something that is step-by-step. It's very linear. It's like you do ABC, it equals XYZ, right? And I mean, a child needs to be able to come in and follow the process. It's like it connects the dots, right? And I'm a really big believer on only giving them the exact things that they need to get the results. And then anything outside of that curriculum is extra. It's like, you know, surprise and delight. It's bonus material. It's self-study or exercise or homework or do this in your own time type of thing, right? I think that people just want to stuff everything that they know and everything they think somebody might want into one curriculum. And it's not going to work for the majority of your clients. We need to be leading, not teaching. Okay. So this is definitely, definitely a big mistake because the, if your clients feel like your curriculum is too much or it's complicated or one thing doesn't lead to the next for them, or they feel like they can't get through it because they can't connect the dots and they don't understand it to implement it, well, then they're obviously not going to continue going through your curriculum, which means they're not getting the results, okay? Okay, mistake number four is no proper onboarding process, right? I think this is, this blows my mind when I see people letting every Joe Smo from Idaho into their programs with absolutely no qualifying, no proper onboarding. You're just like taking people as like a cookie cutter and stuffing everybody into the exact same process. And all clients are not created equal, okay? They don't all, like every one of your clients do not learn the same way. They don't um, get started the same way. They don't have the same goals. They don't have the same scarcity or fears or worries or what mindset stuff or whatever. Um, every, no client is created equal. Okay. Every one of them are their own individual. And so I think one of the big mistakes is trying to stuff people into a group program and thinking that you can just like cram your curriculum down their throats and stuff them in a Facebook group and like give them the link to get on the calls and that's it. Like have a great day, dive into the material, check out the 75,000 bonuses I gave you. And people are like, wait a second, I just made this investment financially and time-wise and you're just gonna leave me to my own devices here to spin my wheels. Like if I knew what I needed to focus on and what I needed to do, I would do that on my own. Like I don't need to invest in your program to do that. Like. I need you to guide me. And so by having a proper onboarding process, you can give your clients um, a specific roadmap or pathway for like what does their journey and their path look like in your program. Now, one of the things that I think is a big mistake is, you know, thinking that your clients, you know, or thinking that you are going to customize 
like your program for all of your clients, you're sadly mistaken. This is a group program is not one-on-one coaching. One-on-one coaching, because it's private and intimate and it's just you and the other person, you can customize every aspect of that as you go with each client. But when you have a group of people in one container, in one space, in one room, and they're following a curriculum, you cannot customize for all those people individually. It's ridiculous. So what you can do is you can personalize. And personalizing is obviously everyone's going through the curriculum together, but maybe you're personalizing the path. So you might have clients that come in and they're at different uh, places on their journey. And so maybe they don't have the same starting point as somebody else, or maybe, you know, their goals are probably not the exact same as somebody else's. So although they follow your curriculum, because that's your proven process, um, you might give them different focuses and starting and ending points, right? And so your client is going to have way more success if you can tailor and personalize their path. What does my path, never mind your other clients, when I look at your curriculum, what is my specific path? Where do you think I, based on where I'm at and my goals and my time, where should I focus? And that's how you can personalize. You cannot customize in a group program and there's no such thing, but you can personalize it by doing little things that give each of your clients their own kind of path, their own focus, their own set of things they're working on and towards, okay? Stuffing every single client into the exact same process or just giving them all of your stuff up front all at once is the number one reason for buyer's remorse and cancellation requests, okay? That our clients expect to receive a specific pathway inside of your group program. Okay, um, number mistake number five is customizing for every client. So this is what I was just kind of talking about, right? Your clients, they need you to lead the way. They need you to show them how to reach their goals. If they knew how to do that, they would have already done it and they wouldn't need you. They need you to show them. So they expect that you know your proven process, right? You know how to take a client from A to B in the simplest form possible because that's your expertise. It's why you started your business, right? It's why you became a business owner and you charge for your services because you're an expert at something. Well, then if you're an expert at it, then you know your process, right? Um, Then you know your process and that is why they're coming to you. So customizing for every client is just not sustainable in a group model. It's not even like a thing. Um, Personalization is the way that you're going to want to go. So you're going to want to not only have that path for your clients, but throughout the program, you continue continuously need to keep bringing your client, each of your clients back to their goals, their North Star, and their path, their focus, right? Even when you're on group calls with all of your clients, Maybe you have a a lot of people in the room with you at the same time, but each one of your clients are their own individuals and they expect that you know who they are and what they're trying to accomplish and their goals. And like, that's part of your job is to get familiar with those things. And then when you're doing the live aspects of your program, you can direct each one of your clients towards their focus and also toward the areas in which you want them focusing in your curriculum. That way, yes, you're on a group call with one to many, but you're personalizing the focus and experience for each one of your clients. And that makes them feel like they're their own individual. It's not cookie cutter. You're not just stuffing everyone into the same curriculum and saying go. And you're also not giving everyone the exact same path. 
right? It's just each of your clients are not created equally. And this is one of the most biggest mistakes. Okay. Um, mistake number six. Um, so mistake number six is creating client codependency. Now, this is a major relationship breakdown in the coaching space. It's actually extremely unhealthy and it can be dangerous. And I see this a lot. I see this a lot. I've had a few people get so upset when I say client codependency because in their mind, they truly believe that their clients should be absolutely dependent on them and that they should have all the answers for their clients and all of this. And the problem with this is you are supposed to be empowering your clients to be independent thinkers and also to to um, build the muscle of trust in their own intuition and their own voice and their own desires. And they need to be able to move without you. You are not, the fact is it's dangerous. You're not always going to be there. And you want, you should want your clients to have success long after you. Um, and so creating client codependency is really disempowering your clients. It's making them so that they depend on you. They don't feel like they can think for themselves. They're not feeling empowered. They don't feel connected to what they want and they don't trust themselves. They don't think they're smart enough or capable or willing uh, or able to uh, take the right actions and steps without you telling them or giving them a stamp of approval that what they're thinking is accurate. And that is just, to me, that's unhealthy. And I absolutely do not coach like that. I think that that is dangerous. I think it's actually borderline disgusting and it's very unhealthy. And I see this all the time in programs. I mean, I see clients constantly showing up on coaching calls, showing up in the in the spaces that the, the program provides. And they're like, do you think I should do this? Do you think I should say this? I was waiting for you. I haven't done anything because I was so stressed and you were gone and I wasn't sure. And it's like, Oh boy. Like at the end of the day, yes, your clients are going to ask you questions, but how you lead them to discover the answers, that's up to you. And part of what I do is I always tell my clients, I will never steer you wrong. And I will always guide you on what I think is best for you. It makes the most sense for you personally. But if you have an obstacle or a challenge and you're going to bring that to the coaching calls, you also better show up with one to two ideas of how you think you can solve that problem. And then I will do everything I can to help you find what feels most aligned for you. But I'm not solving your business problems. I'm not here to fix all your stuff. And this is not my job or up to me as a coach. And I think that we we really blur those lines and it can become very dangerous and unhealthy. I think it's important you understand what coaching is. And coaching is not about you giving all the things and answers to your clients and not empowering them to use their brain and think for themselves so that when they are out in the wilderness and out in the wild and they're out in this big wide world, without you, that they are equipped with the confidence and the ability to make decisions and think for themselves. I think that there's just a really fine line there. So I will always guide and help my clients and I give them lots of answers to things, but I don't do that before asking what they think, what do they feel, what do they want? And also just saying, well, what are a couple of things that you were thinking you could do for that? And then I can provide coaching. But to the, the goal is build, help them build 
you know, the confidence, but also the muscle memory of like trust in themselves. Like if you just ask yourself the question and then sit for a second, you're going to know the answer. Like deep down, you do know, and then we can guide you and then we can give you some right strategy or something like that. Um, I think it is really important. And when you design and deliver your program in a way that makes your clients feel like they can't think for themselves, they can't move without you, and they can't trust their own instincts and intuition, um, you know, they they don't build confidence and they don't feel empowered. And that's not a space that they will stay for very long. Eventually, they're going to look to be elevated. They're going to look to be stretched and challenged. And they're going to have such a strong urge and desire for a deep sense of clarity in themselves. And so I promise you, this is never going to go well for you if you're one of these types of people that do this with your clients. Like, you always have to have the answer. You always have to be able to answer every question and be the smartest person in the room. Biggest mistake you can make. You need to teach them how to make decisions and trust themselves without you. Okay, I think we're on number seven. Um, so this is <laughs> this is the other one. And then the seventh mistake is you think that you're the star of the show. I see this inside of a lot of programs where, you know, the business owner or the person leading the calls thinks that the calls are all about them. I'm the star of the show. Um, and the thing is, is when you design and deliver your program, like you're the star of the show, the only person who has the answers, right? The only person to come to if you need something, the only person just doing all the yapping and talking and making the entire program about you, this is where you're providing the biggest disservice and you're missing the greatest opportunities with your clients. Because one of the things that my clients really love a lot inside of our programs, and actually it's one of the things they get the most value from, um, is being in the room with their peers and they're actually guiding each other, celebrating each other, I would say somewhat coaching each other, but they're really just supporting each other and sharing different ideas and strategies. And they're all sharing things they work on that are working. They're sharing things that they're doing that are not working. And the they actually, the value is in the room. And I also, as the coach, I learn so much from my clients. And so I don't want to be the star of the show. And I don't want to be the smartest in the room, right? Like you being the coach, doesn't mean you need every answer to everything. You, no one expects you to know everything. Um, this is why you create diverse community. This is why in my programs, we have all walks of life. My programs are so diverse with who is in the room. We have people from everywhere, all walks of life, people coming from corporate careers, nine to five jobs, people coming from uh, you know, multi-million dollar companies, people from Australia, the UK, the Canada. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And they all bring so much to the table and to the room and they can all contribute to the conversation. Nobody is the smartest in my rooms. And I think that's critical. I think that is so critical when you can bring a group of people, amazing people together that are diverse and they're not only receiving, but they're able to contribute. And there's nobody in the room that's like, I feel like I'm the smartest one here. Everyone feels like they have something to gain and value from all the other people in the room and they're, what, what's going on for them and working and not working, right? So that the community that you build 
is more important than you. Nobody really cares that much about you, right? Like they really don't. They they really don't. They it's the room that they're putting themselves in. And they also want to hear things from somebody other than you all the time, right? Like we only not only have an amazing community, um, but we bring outside experts in to teach and to coach on certain topics that the majority of my clients really want and need. And that doesn't need to come from me. I don't want to be the smartest in the room or the star of the show. So I think that that's a big mistake too. Okay. Um, I think we're on number eight. There's no proper placement. Now I said this before that all clients are not created equal, right? So it's really, really critical that you know your champion client DNA. You know who your champion client is, the type of people that are going to win inside of your program and they're going to receive and they're going to contribute. It is by far the most important piece of fulfillment of a group program. Placing people in the proper rooms is one of the leading factors in renewals. Um, When you put, you know, certain people in a room together, certain things can happen and that can be good or bad. Um, I, many years ago, shut down an entire program that was doing, that had crossed uh, just about, you know, multiple six figures in in like nine months. It was crushing. And the problem is that we had put anybody that was willing to come in into this program and the people that were in there did not mesh well together. And so we had some of our best clients dropping off the calls, not showing up, um, disengaging from the program because we had people that were not even close to the level that they were at showing up on these calls with negative energy, bad attitudes, just constantly complaining, never having any progress. And you have to know who you're putting in the room. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a mama bear when it comes to my clients. I have fired clients from my programs and removed them immediately if I feel if I felt like they were providing anything negative or just uncomfortable to the rest of the group. Uh, I won't tolerate it whatsoever. I will. I have zero toleration for that. I will protect my, my clients and the community that we work really hard to create. And so we have to do an exceptional job when we are placing people in our programs. We don't just let anyone willing to pay us in our programs. We turn people away all the time. Um, we, we don't just like throw you away, but we definitely... We'll give you some other resources or give you some steps or some other things to go do, um, but we will not let people in our programs that do not belong there. If you are not going to come in and contribute and you're not going to participate and you're not going to show up and you're not going to use all of the, the amazingness in our programs um, and you're just going to complain and be negative Nancy and you're just going to constantly spin your wheels in the same place forever because you're not doing the work we will just fire you. It's it's really a simple thing. Bye. You're right. Like you're out. Um, it just is what it is. We're not going to ruin our program and have it, you know, boil down to like, you know, nothing because of one bad egg. And I say it all the time. One bad egg can ruin the whole bunch. So you have to make sure that again, you're putting people in the right rooms with each other um, so that, that they they don't have that bad experience. Okay, mistake number nine. We have a couple more guys. We're just getting there. Okay, mistake number nine. Thinking that your Zoom calls and your Facebook group is a community for people. 
Uh, it's not. There's a, there's a billion Facebook groups and nobody in them knows anybody. That's not community. Um, half the people that sit in Facebook groups together do not even know one single thing about each other. Um, to just stuff people in a, in a virtual room together doesn't mean anything because they might never talk. They might never connect. They might never engage. They might know absolutely nothing about each other. And they could sit in that Facebook group for three years and never connect. That's not a community. Um, a community is a, it's a culture. It's a group of people that are bonding, building relationships, rallying behind each other, supporting each other, connecting, um, networking, referring each other, and they're building relationships together. That's a community. Um, it, it's people all working toward the same goals together. And just stuffing people in a Facebook group does not do that. Um, and Zoom calls are not doing that either um, by themselves, right? Like it's no different really than the Facebook group. The clients come on, they ask their questions, they hear everybody and they walk out. And there's still no bonds. There's still no connection. There's still no sense of belonging or culture or anything just because you're on a Zoom call together. How many times have you got on a Zoom call with a group of people rather is free or part of a paid program and you knew nobody in the room and you had no relationship with any of them? You showed up, you got what you needed, you left. That that does not mean it's community. Um, when people are making a high-end investment in a year-long program, they want a high-end experience and they want to know that they're not going to be the smartest in the room and that they're going to be elevated from others in the program. Um, they want to be in, in the room with exceptional people. This is part of the proper placement. But the other thing with, with your community and the culture Number one, you need to decide what that is. And then number two, it's your job to facilitate it. If you think people coming into your program, and we could say the same thing about a free Facebook group. If you think people coming into that space are going to do this for you, then you're never going to have a community because you're the facilitator. You're the owner of the space and it's up to you to create what you want to see amongst your clients or your community. And so um, you definitely want to make sure that you're incorporating elements on the Zoom calls, elements in the Facebook group or third-party community, whatever you're using. Um, you know, we use Mighty Networks, but whatever you're using to house everybody um, and then the Zoom calls or however you're doing that, you need to add elements into those things that bring your clients together. It gets them to work together and do things together. Um, and, and that is what's going to create, that's part of what is going to create, um, a sense of, of actual culture and community in your program. Okay. Mistake 10 is not having a retention or ascension plan. So your clients are going to be thinking about what's next for them, probably somewhere between four and six months of working with you. Um, dependent, it could be sooner. Sometimes it is sooner. And so you need to paint the pathway for your clients from day one before they even buy your program, like while you're having a sales conversation. And then every single day, all the way through your program so that they know how they can continue to be supported by you and what happens after they reach, you know, specific milestones that you set out for them or that you guys set out together. Um, my clients know about, you know, what's next for them or what their timeline looks like with me 
or the milestones is like in this in that sales conversation piece. And then when they're in the program, we reiterate it constantly. We mention it, we drop it, we link it, we we you know sprinkle it throughout everything we're doing all the time to show people that you know there's more work to be done and there's more that we have to offer and there's more we can do together and this is what it looks like. So my clients are with me anywhere from two to four years on average. Um, you know, in last year, 2021, we had a 90, 90% retention rate. We only had a few people that did not renew. Um, it, it was amazing. And we plan to hold 90, if not 100. And the reason, and, and those clients renewed for their second, third, and fourth year with us. It's pretty amazing. And so they're, they're not doing that to keep learning my curriculum, even though every 90 days we refine it. Uh, they're not, that's not what they're doing that for. It's the community. It is the access. It is the innovation that's happening. Um, it's, it's everyone in the room has c- contribution, not just me. Right. Um, and it's also that we've painted the path of what it would look like if you stayed on for another year, people are not just going to pay you for another year for the hell of it. Like you have to explain and like, they need to know a long time in advance. Why would I stay another year? Why would I renew for another term with you? Like what, what am I getting out of that? My clients already know when they show up that they already are like, oh, I already know what the first year is going to look like. And I'm going to need a second and a third and possibly a fourth year. Like they already know this. And then we, we work on that all the way throughout the, the program. Right. And so they know their milestones. Right. And, and that really helps them see what the path looks like with you. Not just the first 30, 60 days or 90 days, but the whole time and then after. And you're going to want to be really, really addressing renewal with your clients around like three to four months before their contract ends with you. If you're the person that waits until days, weeks, or even a month or two before the contract is coming to an end to reach out and see if they want to renew, you have already missed your mark. They are already between four to six months of being with you, sometimes sooner. They're already like, oh my God, what do I want next? What's next for me? What am I thinking about for me next? And if you don't know what that is, then you can't craft the plan for them. You can't let them know, oh, I can help you with that. Once we get to this point, we can focus on that. And so then by the time you go to them to see if they want to renew, they've already decided and sometimes invested in someone else to support them because they had no idea that you could help them do it because you didn't say anything. Okay. So that is a huge mistake as well. And it's why you see so much um, like low retention or client drop off or, or the, the constant re- replacing clients, right? You feel like you're replacing them instead of renewing them. Okay. Um, and then number 11. So I think we have 12. I, I think I have another one. Number 11 is thinking clients will automatically renew with you just because they're getting good results with you. Uh, I had to learn this one the hard way because like I mentioned back years ago when I had a really, really successful program, um, clients were having, you know, 500K plus years in like eight, eight months with me. 
Uh, they were scaling, they were building their teams, they were growing their businesses, they were boosting their confidence. The program was great, but it was missing a lot of what we've been talking about here today. And um, what happened was the clients outgrew my programs. And even though they were getting results, they wanted to be in the better a better room. They wanted to be in a different room. They wanted community. They wanted some of the things we've talked about here today that I just did not I didn't know, so I wasn't offering. And I just assumed, which I don't do a lot of because as a sales coach, we make no assumptions in sales, right? But I did assume that the clients that were getting phenomenal results would naturally stay with me. And although they loved me and it was nothing against me and they loved the work that we did together and they were so grateful for how we were able to partner and get them where they were they were ready for the next thing and they didn't see that with me and so i'm not saying every client is going to because at some point you know your clients will move on and they'll go to other people but i was really hoping that they didn't want to go start over by getting another coach and explaining all their goals and like doing the process all over again. But I just assumed they're getting great results. Of course, they're going to renew. And I was blown away, devastated, and took it super personal when they didn't. And um, I didn't understand why when they were getting results. But your clients, they need to see steady progress toward the results consistently And they have to have an exceptional experience along the way. Clients will renew when the experience and the results align with what they were wanting and expecting. It is not enough just to help your clients get results. I I use the analogy all the time. If you had, since you were just a little girl, if all your life you dreamt of having a family one day and then taking that family to Disney World, and that was a goal of yours, and you dreamt about that since you were a little girl. Well, today is the day. You are boarding your flight. You got your tickets booked. You got your hotel reserved. You and your family are finally going to make that dream come true. Well, if you boarded the air, you know, entered the airport and got ready to board the plane, and they said, "I'm so sorry, your tickets are messed up." And we under, you know, you got, you got, we overcharged you. We're going to have to, you know, refund that. It's going to be three weeks and I'm sorry, but there's a layover and the board, you know, we're going to be three hours late boarding the plane. So you and your family are rustling around the whole, the, um, you know, the, the airport and stressed out. And then finally they get you on the plane and they set you in the wrong seats. And now you're not sitting with your family or your kids. And then they don't have any snacks or drinks and there's massive turbulence. And then they had layovers that they weren't supposed to happen. And it was a hot mess, hot mess. And you finally land at your destination. And so you made it, you made it to your destination. You got exactly where you wanted to go. You're there. But the journey and the experience there sucked. It was horrible. So what happens now? Well, you're never going to book with them again. And you're never going to tell your friends about them again. (laughs) And so I'm not, I want to use that as, I use that analogy because I want you to understand that clients can get results in your program, but not enjoy the process and experience that they used or had to get there. And so it's not just about their results. All these other things we talked about today, you need to put your focus on these things and you need to stop trying to chase the next sale 
and you need to serve the clients that you currently have. You need to focus on these areas and master them. And you need to talk to your clients and make sure that they're, they're, you know, feeling good about all these areas. Um, and you need to keep being really focused on that and innovative versus, oh yeah, I got 10 people in here. Let's stuff them into everything. And now I want 20 more in. Um, and you're constantly just chasing the next set of sales and you're not putting your time and energy on making sure you're serving the current clients. They're not going to renew with you if you wait till the last month of them being with you to finally show up for them and go all out because you're trying to get their renewal. If you if you basically ignored them the whole time they've been in your program, it just does not work that way. Okay, final mistake for today. Um, this, so this mistake, okay, you expect your adult clients to do what you need them to do without you having to facilitate it. Um, you have to facilitate through leadership, how you want your clients to behave inside of your programs. I don't care if they're 90 years old, 20 years old, 40 years old, they are not coming into your program and facilitating what you want them to see, what you expect from them. You have to do that. That is your job. And it's not your job one time or five times. It's your job every single day all throughout your program for the rest of the time that you run your business. Your job is to show them, guide them, and provide the resources for them to show up, do the work, and get the results every single day in your program. Clients are not going to do this for you. It is not their job. And a lot of people are like, you're an adult, you make your own choice. This is your decision. I'm not babysitting. I'm not holding your hand. And I'm not suggesting you hold anybody's hand or babysit. I am nobody's babysitter. I don't go to any of my clients' house, pick them up out of bed, put their hands on their computer and get them typing, right? That is not my job and responsibility. It is, however, my job to create the space, the resources, the access, the accountability touch points, and whatever other support they need to get where they're trying to go they need to be able to use my program. That's my job. They need to be able to use it with success. If that means I need to hire people to come in and help support that, then that is what it needs to be. But they're not going to come into your program and do what you want them to do and have those expectations and, and create the program that you want. If you want to see certain things in your program or you want clients to behave a certain way, then you better start teaching them that. Model that. You go first. Okay. I say this all the time. You go first. Show them and lead them. Lead the way. That's why they're paying you to guide them on how they need to be doing what they're trying to, what they need to be doing to get where they're trying to go. That is not their job. They don't need to buy from you if they knew how to do that. They need that facilitation from you. That does not mean you're holding their hands and you're doing the work for them and babysitting. It means that you're designing and delivering a program that allows them to step into it and be able to go through the process to get where they need to go. And if it's clunky and it's sloppy and it's messy and you're not doing your part, then that's not going to happen. And that's not their fault. And so again, I think that these are, these are the most Probably the most common, isn't that sad though? That's like, what was that? 11 or 12 things. It's really sad, but, and, and they sound very common sense, right? Uh, they're not, they're just not. So um, I hope that this was helpful for you guys. I hope that you're really looking at this, like, you know, the, these are some areas I really need to take seriously in my, in my programs and kind of look and see where you're at, like which one 
uh, or how many of these do you feel you're making inside of your program? Um, I bet if you've ever invested, you can probably pick a whole bunch of these that you've experienced. But I think it's going to be really important that we're not beating ourselves up about this. We're just doing the work to make the changes. And so you want to go through these and really think about the ones that you feel you might be making or that maybe they're starting to happen and you want to kind of nip it in the butt. Um, definitely you want to think about these if you're going to start a program. Um, and if you're not an expert at running a program and you've never done this before, then you definitely want to be considering these and you want to look at how you can eliminate or prevent these from happening. Um, and I hope that these were really helpful and insightful for you. Um, I hope you guys got a lot out of today's episode. It was a lot. Um, I would recommend going back a couple times and listening. Like I said, it was a very noteworthy um, podcast today. So hopefully you got some great insight. You're going to go off and make some amazing changes that are going to turn your programs right around uh, for your clients, for you, for everybody involved. If you have any questions, uh, we do have a couple of spots open in our mastermind program, the Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind right now. Um, I believe currently we have three, possibly four spots, something like that left right now. Um, for this current cohort. And if you are a coach or consultant and you are looking to, you know, either add or get to 500K of recurring revenue with a scalable rolling group program um, and you want to learn how to get the, the program creating the revenue you need to eventually hire a seller who can drive sales growth to this program for you so you can get out of your sales and you can get into the areas of your business that you do best. Um, that is the sole focus inside of the mastermind. We really focus on design and delivery of your high-end rolling group program. We really look at your systems and your processes and your sales database. We really look at how we're setting your system up for a seller. Um, and then while you're in the mastermind, you actually get access um, at no extra cost to our sales academy program uh, where you can plug your seller into that program and they can go through our curriculum and they can get access to the coaching um, and all the training that we provide in that program every week um, to drive sales growth for you so that you can fill this program consistently and continuously. Um, so we really work on the CEO level stuff and, and get you into that area. Um, if that's on your radar this year, we have a few spots uh, left for this cohort. I'm not exactly sure when the next cohort will open up. Um, if that is something that you want to talk about or you think that could be something that is on your radar right now, just send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Shoot me a private message. Um, I'd love to get all up in the DMs. So shoot me a message. We could definitely talk about it and see if it is something that would be a solution. Um, I think by at this point, you probably have a pretty clear image of how we run our programs and um, also our vigorous process to let people into it. So we're not going to try to sell you into it if we don't think you're going to you know, be able to run magic and win inside the program. Um, receive and also contribute. It won't happen. So um, it's definitely not like a high pitch, you know, conversation or anything like that. Um, but we could definitely see if it's a fit. And if not, we can send you off to some resources or give you some steps um, to get you, you know, more in a place where this would be your next step. All right, everyone, I hope this was super helpful and I'll see y'all soon.
Hey, thanks for listening to the Confident Closer podcast. If you loved this episode, we release episodes each and every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you're a female coach, service provider, or consultant looking to elevate your sales and leverage your time more efficiently, we are currently accepting applications into our Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind. In the Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind, we're putting you in the room with other high-achieving coaches who are scaling their income and impact and leveraging their CEO time so they can have a business and life they love without the hustle and sacrifice we all know as normal. We focus on scaling sustainable and highly profitable group programs, your conversion and launch strategy, a repeatable sales pipeline, and scaling with profit-driving sellers so you can get your time back. If simplifying your scale, putting more profit in your pocket, and getting your time back while creating a bigger impact in the world is on your radar this year, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and let's see if the Profitable Entrepreneur could be your next best investment. And I hope to see you on the inside. Mm -hmm.